your way, you are the authority on that. And if someone challenges the way that you know in your heart that you want to go, you need to stand up against that. You need to fight for that. That's your territory. And sometimes people are doing it because they're just scared for you. Sometimes they're doing it and they're really genuinely trying to help you out. Sometimes they're doing it because they're malicious and they're jealous and they're envious. And I think it's great to be able to decipher between those people. But at the end of the day, you're still the authority over whatever path it is that you feel you need to walk. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this one, Evan. I am actually pumped. I, I don't even know how to tell you. Like, there's some conversations that's like, yeah, I really want to get into that. But this one, oh man, this one has got me lit up. I can tell you that. And uh, this is the art of challenging authority. And I think we're going to get into some really cool stuff. This was one of those things like we started kind of throwing out the seed early in the day. And then we just had like a 90 minute conversation about what this was. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, we should have just recorded that because that was great. But like, uh, we're about to get into it. And I'm pumped, man. How about you? Yeah, man, I'm pumped. You know, sometimes it, um, yeah, sometimes it takes a little while to kind of, to kind of wrangle these subjects a little bit and just to kind of get to, it's like, well, what is the core of this, this, bad boy you know it's like it's it's an important thing to do like getting getting off to that that start where you're like get really clear on sort of what everything is hinging on like that goes with anything that you're doing in your life once you can start to figure out what everything is hinging on what's at the center the core as simon sinek would would go into it's like your why you know like once you've got that stuff like stuff everything flows from there so, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for, for what we have to explore and, and get into. Yeah. What in, what excites me is the intention that we kind of came to as we went through it. And we were sharing these stories about what we were trying to talk about. And I know I shared a few myself and it was like, it, 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 every time we kind of like talked a little bit more about it, it helped me understand a little bit more about what it is that we're going to talk about and what I wanted to say and what I felt like you were matching me with. And I think it's, it's an interesting thing because it's like, what is like, where does like, how do you challenge? Like, how do you challenge something? And like the intention of a challenge, right? The intention of challenging something, like, are you doing it because you're just trying to challenge or are you doing it because you're just trying to look for conflict and that's like not what you're doing. You're doing it because you stand for something. You're doing it because you have like a boundary and you have a centeredness and you have the strength to hold that centeredness. And you're not just going to let someone take you down a path that isn't the path that you're on. And you're not going to let someone tell you that you came to this place of artistic expression from someplace you didn't come from. Uh, I'll share an example, a story I just want to like knock right out and maybe people can relate, but I was with an acting teacher 
really great acting teacher. Don't get me wrong. But there was this one point and I'm down in LA and I'm working with this teacher and she's like, yeah, you know, you, you really like the Brad Pitt and, you know, and all that stuff. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's great. And it's just like, he was in my favorite film fight club and all this. And it's like, she's like, yeah. And you know, he rides that bike around town and you know, and what's that bike? And someone's like a Ducati or something like that. And it's like, yeah, yeah. And it makes you jealous. It makes you envious. Like, cause you want to be the guy riding that bike. And when she said that, I was like, no, nah, that's not true. That, that doesn't resonate with me at all. Like I'm not jealous of him. I'm not envious of him at all. I just think it's cool that he rides a bike. I didn't even know that, you know? Yeah. But it's like, and, but I agreed as she was talking, I was like, yeah, you know, but I didn't say anything again. I didn't challenge that concept. She kind of put this on me. She projected this, you know, you want that too. And and you feel these lacking feelings. And that wasn't mm-hmm. at all what was going on for me. But because, I mean, I had like people in class who were like literally like movie stars and shit like that around me. I was just like, yeah, you know, I just kind of went along with it. I was a kid, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. And, I look back at that and I go, that was a moment where I needed to say, no, that's not true for me. It doesn't work like that. Because then she went on to her kind of advice, but it didn't land. It didn't matter because it wasn't true. And it was like kind of pointless. And I think about it and it's like, yeah, it's like, that's me just being an accommodator, trying to keep the peace, just trying not to rock the boat. I I didn't want to interrupt the flow of her course. I didn't want to embarrass her and make her wrong. I had all this shit going on inside of me. And that was taking me away from being centered. And that was taking away from being honest and true. And now I I would tell myself, and I feel like that's why I'm excited to, to do this conversation, because I feel like so much of what we talk about, I try to tell that younger version of myself. I'm always trying to but I'm communicating to myself now, but I'm always trying to communicate to that younger self. And I'm like, here's what we need to do. We need to be centered in those moments. We need to challenge those things when we don't agree with them. And when they're not true for us, we need to say something. And if someone wants to take us down a path that we don't want to go down and we're not really going down, or people say you came from this and you didn't come from that, you need to stand up and say, no, where are you getting that from? You know, it's Mm -hmm. not saying, no, I don't agree with you. It's not saying, no, that's absolutely not true. It's saying like, challenge the idea because they're saying you're like this and it's like, Mm. but I'm not like that. And maybe you think I am and maybe I am, but where are you getting that from before you just kind of accept it? And I just accepted it from her because she was the authority. And I felt like I was the new actor with all these movie stars and this big teacher. And I thought, well, I'll just go along with it because maybe she knows better than I do. Maybe I am jealous. Maybe I am envious. But I know today and I knew then it was not in my heart and that was not true. But I just gave her all the authority instead of stepping into my authority in that moment. Yeah, I mean, it was it, you know, you can ultimately you can chalk it up as as a learning experience. You know, it was a it was a it was a teaching moment. And in some ways, your teacher at that time was in some regards challenging you. Yes. You know, like they themselves were challenging you um, because, yeah, like we can definitely, as human beings, we have blind spots and we can at times be ignorant to, you know, things like our own envies and jealousies and things like that. But this is where, you know, why I love that we're getting into the subject and, and why we've got this frame of like the art of, 
challenging authority because there is an art as as you said there's there's a kind of a reckless purposeless completely meaningless form of challenging authority which just comes from just comes from sort of like a uh, a very I don't quite know how to characterize it. it. It's like a blunt anger, you know. It's it it it's not focused anywhere. It's just like it's it's just anger that that just needs to go somewhere, and so it's just going to challenge anything and everything. You know, I've met my fair share of people who, you know, and, and there's people who just kind of like to challenge things just to mess with you, and and that's another form of it too, which is like, you know, they don't really have any sort of point of view on anything. They're just kind of playing devil's advocate um but yeah in in that example it's like yeah we can have our blind spots but we this is the art of of being able to have that capacity to challenge has so much to do with how self-aware we are how well we know ourselves how kind of comfortable we are in our own skins I mean, just to kind of add a layer of context to this, you know, when when you messaged me earlier today, Brandon, uh, sort of, you, you know, you had these thoughts kind of stewing around about like a, a potential topic and you were talking about like just different interviews that you've seen of, you know, people who, you know, famous people more or less, um, you know, actors, comedians, you know, musicians, there's no shortage of interviews that you can look up and you can find some sort of, you know, celebrity who very, uh, very elegantly and intelligently, you know, will just, will just challenge like someone who's interviewing them, you know, like an interviewer, crosses the line in some way or the interviewer has some sort of ulterior motive they're they're setting up some kind of bait they're trying to just generate some kind of reaction because you know they're playing a game of trying to get ratings or you know to make you do something to make to, to kind of make you get you out of control and then they've got some kind of a story you know that and you know despite what I think of that sort of thing on an individual level, like my opinion of that kind of thing, like I think it's just, I think it's gross <laughs> just to the long and short of it. But, uh, you know, you, there are people who fall prey to that, those kinds of tactics, unfortunately, you know, especially a lot of young artists out there. Um, but, you know, then you come across certain figures that, you know, they just, they see the game that's going on and they've been through enough shit. You know, there's like, for some reason, I'm thinking of Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I'm thinking you of know? him too, actually. There was a certain time he challenged an interview where it was incredible. Yeah, like, and it's, yeah, you look it up on YouTube. I, I don't know what it's called or who the interviewer even was, but it was just like, it, it was so beautifully done the way he handled that. But there's, it came from, in many ways, because like the interviewer was like asking him about his troubled past, you know, was trying to dig into this stuff. And in a lot of ways, it was because of that past that he was able to respond 
to this person in the way that he was able to, you know, like there was, there's a confidence. There is a self-awareness that says like, okay, I see what you're doing. And I see what you want me to do. And I'm not going to let you get away with that. I'm going to call you out on what you're doing right now, but I'm going to do it in a way that isn't, um, I don't know. It's it's like there's just there's a quality to the way that it's being done and I think that that's what we're talking about in this. Like that's there there's the this art to how you how you can challenge authority. And I just I know I know I've been kind of talking for a bit here and I just going to want to I want to set the um set the table for this one a little bit more before we continue on, which is that when we say authority, you know, that is a very broad spectrum of things. It's not just, you know, leaders and people in positions of power and institutions. Authority can be, uh, you know, a, a, a huge swath of, of things that we live by, essentially like the systems, the the um, the conditioning that we've bought into through our our society, um, you know how you're supposed to behave, what you're supposed to do in certain situations, you know, like sometimes there's wisdom to these things, but other times it's just shit that's been handed down, that's been that's outdated and outgrown, and it's up to artists in many occasions throughout history that you have to challenge those things in order for them to change. But in order to challenge them, you have to, the artist has the task of challenging those things gracefully, elegantly, coherently, with a deep sense of, of awareness, and, and then also creating something beautiful out of it as well. So I don't know exactly what we're going to arrive to with this conversation, but well, yeah, there's we're so much stuff at play here that I'm really excited about. We're learning it ourselves. We're getting better, you know, and, and you and I on our own journeys as artists, we've gotten better at challenging authority. And, and I love that you set the table because when we're talking about challenging authority, it's it, challenging it artfully, challenging it creatively where it's not just that one obvious confrontational blunt force anger, like fuck you for saying that to me and da da da, you know, like, and, and you did this wrong thing. It's, it's like, it's finding a way to almost respond to it with humor and a sense of play and a sense of like creative flow. And what I mean is like, you know, it's, it's almost a certain sense of detachment, which I think is really important to bring in. There was this moment with my brother, for example, and we were moving and uh, my mom went through a divorce and uh, her second marriage. So the second one didn't work out, but like she's going through a divorce and I was there living with her for a little bit, you know, supporting her and whatever. Um, then kind of after living with her, it was interesting because she was going through a lot of stuff and it started to make me realize I was going through a lot of stuff. And so we were in some ways both challenged 
and we were supporting each other and she was supporting me and I was supporting her, but in, in different ways. But it came to a point where it's like, Kate, okay, she's good. She's moving on. And so am I. And it kind of came somewhat abruptly, the decision to be like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's move on. You're going to go, I'm going to go. And, you know, and I had all the, I have all these books. I have like, like hundreds of books and I got all these bookshelves and uh, my brother's like, my brother's like, well, what are you going to do with your bookshelves when you're moving out? Cause I didn't have, um, I was going through a bit of financial strife at the time. So, you know, whatever, whatever the story is not important, but I was going through that and I didn't quite have a place to put my bookshelves. And I did, you know, I didn't, a lot of my stuff was going to go into storage and whatever. And I was like, well, I, I don't know. Don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. And he was like, yeah, well, if you don't deal with them, I'm going to throw them out. And I was just like, I don't know why you're getting so upset right now. <laughs> and he was just like, well, yeah, just deal with it. <laughs> like left. Right. But it was like a very good way of challenging this, this thing. He's like, he, the thing is, is I was detached from the bookshelves. I was like, if these bookshelves end up in the trash, I don't care because I'm not attached to the material thing. And his challenge of like, do this and I'm in control or, you know, I'm in it. And it's just like, part of it is going like, you're upset about nothing right now. So why are you upset? And my challenge was like, I don't know why you're upset. So I commented on his emotional agenda, you know, his emotional tact. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm talking about when you're, when you're artfully challenging authority. It's like, he's my older brother. He's taken charge. He's taking care of mom. Now he's got it figured out. And he doesn't like little brother with his bookshelves crowding his territory. Okay. Whatever. And it's yeah. like, yeah. So do, do we need to, do we need to yell at each other about it? Like you told me deal with the bookshelves. I'll deal with the bookshelves. If I don't deal with the bookshelves, you're going to deal with the bookshelves. And I might not like the way you deal with my bookshelves. So great. But do we have to yell at each other about it? Do we have to get upset? And my challenge was like, I don't know why you're upset about it. I told you that's fine. If if I don't deal with it, you're going to deal with it. Like, you're going to throw them out. I get it. I get what you're saying. And he, he was just kind of like, oh, because here's the thing. The, the authority is banking on the fact that you care. And I think this is a really important thing to remember. You need to know what to care about and what not to care about. And when you care about stuff too much, you can be controlled and you can be pushed around and, and kind of bullied and manipulated. So another example, just as a parable, just so I can drive this point home, a bully comes up to you and they say, you're, you're a loser. You're this, you're that. If you care, they have power. If you don't, they have no power. So it's like, yeah, you seem real upset with me. If you say, oh, I'm hurt. Oh, no, don't call me a loser. Like, oh, you're so mean. They have power over you because you care. But if you go, wow, you really seem to think so. <laughs> what in your world makes a loser? You know what I mean? Like, like you seem to have some real opinions and you just turn it on to them, but you don't care that they said that about you because you don't take it personally. That's, that's an, a creative way of challenging bullying. And so I love that you set the table for it because in that moment, the, uh, the bully could be the authority if you care. 
And you need to know what to care about and what not to care about. And this is such an important part of being able to actually challenge these people that want to bring you down a path for whatever agenda, sometimes malicious, sometimes, you know, ill intent, sometimes like ignorantly. Mm -hmm. And and you need to know, and, and that's about being centered and having the strength to go like, like another thing I'll do one more thing, Evan, I just want to say this. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. This isn't necessarily bullying, but I have this happen to me sometimes where people say, Brandon, you're like this. And I've learned this really cool response where I go, maybe. And it really shuts them down because it's like, look, I don't agree with you. I don't disagree with you. I don't agree with you. And it's like, but like, if you have more to say, go on, like maybe it's like, like prove your point. Like, where's yeah, that coming make, from? Make your case. Yeah. Make your case here. And it really does work extremely well where it's like, cause uh, the power would be actually getting in an argument with them about it. I'm not, or I am or whatever. Cause they're goading me, right? They're giving me a, a path to go down. It's like, no, maybe that's how you see it. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily see it that way, but like, maybe, I mean, maybe I am an asshole. Maybe I am this, maybe whatever. Like, but why do you experience me that way? Cause like, I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying like, but I'm not saying it's not true for you that you experience it that way, but I'm still not saying, even if it is true that you experience it that way, I'm still not saying it's true about me. And that's a, a very artistic, creative way of like navigating. Yeah. And there is a very high degree of intelligence that is required to do it. it intelligence well, thank and, you. <laughs> and <just> kidding. <laughs> a kind of no 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 take it take it brandon i will take it but there's there's a tremendous degree of of intelligence and wisdom to be able to stand in that space to to hang in that pocket to have that kind of calmness and clarity in in the face of yeah like like anything in in the face of somebody who is trying to bully you to oppress you in some kind of way or um or just somebody just trying to pigeonhole you you know and she's like well this is who you are and blah 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 oh, blah yeah. you know can i just say like someone says you you'd be good in these roles and then like you're gonna take that on like you know like that that like as an actor that would be a good time to be like well i don't know if i agree with that you know what i mean like yeah, you Maybe can't you... get pigeonholed. Like people can start to put you into these categories. Yeah, and people's you know people's perceptions are so limited. And again, yeah, hey man, it's, we're we're on an Alan Watts kick over the last few few <laughs> episodes. But you know, he has this one quote where he says, "Like the our normal everyday consciousness leaves out more than it takes in." You know, and we're all operating under this this condition, right? So it's like, okay, yeah, that, that's your opinion. Everyone's got a fucking opinion, you know. Um, that's kind of like as as a side as a side thing in all of this. But um, well, it's a great point. I just want to second you on that because yeah, yeah. like, and I, oh, you can always bring Alan into the room. He's oh yeah, great. I can always bring. He's <laughs> he's he's great. He's great. Uh, we but, love bringing yeah. we love bringing philosophers and and people into the room. And actually, that that was another. Uh, I was going to bring another one into the room. One of my favorite, you know, thinkers of the 20th century was Jiddu Krishnamurti. And shit, like, like just go and like YouTube one of his lectures, because they like they are something else to behold. Um, because he is he was such an extraordinary 
challenger of everything. You know, like of everything you think and everything you hold on to, everything you believe. Just it, it's it, incredible to watch him just take everybody through it, you know, where it's like someone will ask him a question and just be like, well, hold on, like, hang on, like, what do you mean by, you know, what do you mean by the word love? Do you mean like, like, what are we talking about here? Do you mean love as in like, if you do certain things for me, I'll continue to do certain things for you. He's like, in which case is this even love? Is that, can we like, and it's just taking things to like, just a profound way of challenging our, our ideas of, of how we fundamentally live our lives out and how we how we carry on about things uh, there was something else I wanted to say about about him in in all of this but ah it'll come back um, but yeah I wanted, it, to say, I wanted to say something on the Alan Watts thing if you don't mind yeah yeah because you said um, can you say the quote again from Alan Watts mm. it was uh, our, yeah, every- our normal everyday consciousness leaves out more than it takes in Right. So everybody, no matter how much life experience you have, no matter who you are, we're just only conscious of so little compared to what's actually out there. And it it just, it's a matter of what we're looking for. And it's a matter of what we're projecting. You know, it's a matter of like how we see the world. So like when, when someone comes into your world and presents their conscious awareness onto yours, first of all, it's a miracle that much of it even lines up because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're looking at these things, they're looking at those things. And like, I think the thing is, is sometimes people say stuff and we're not looking at it. So we go, Oh, maybe that's there because I haven't analyzed or looked at that. And this is where you have to kind of like trust your feeling because yes, they might be looking at something you're not looking at, but if you don't think it's true, it's important. Like, a teacher, for example, would go, okay, well, I don't really feel that and I don't see that in myself, but do you see that? Or are you just kind of like making a guess? And then the teacher can say, oh, well, I, you know, like I was making a guess or I see it this way. It's like, well, I see it this way. How do you see it? Right? Like the thing is, is don't just let them, just because you're not looking at it, have authority over that as though it's true, just because you haven't looked at it yet. And I think like what the Alan Watts comment says is like, yeah, you're only paying attention to very little. So you might, there might be a lot of stuff you don't see, but if it doesn't resonate and it doesn't seem true, don't just accept it as though it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's, you know, and, and it takes a high degree of, of self-awareness to do that, but you know, it, it, and it takes courage to, to stand up because like I've been in that situation where just like yeah in a classroom to challenge a teacher you know that that can be that that can be too scary a thing or you know and, and there's a certain extent of like you know choosing and, and and picking your battles but you know ultimately you have to express your truth and and it's funny this conversation I can't believe that in our whole sort of like conversation before this one <laughs> regarding this <laughs> You know, like I, it it's actually makes me think a lot of of what um, what I teach in Meisner technique, 
with people. You know, it's like it's about getting people past the sense of what's polite. You know, like uh, Sanford Meisner uh, allegedly, from what I understand, had famously said, fuck polite. You know, which some people took as being like, oh, like just being kind of a a mean person or, or something, which I don't think is actually the intention of that statement, because what if the work that he was teaching people was about being truthful and authentic to what was actually happening as it's happening, you know, like living like he was talking about living in a deep sense of reality that we don't normally live in. And sometimes the truth of something isn't necessarily nice. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes the truth of something is kind of ugly. You know, sometimes the truth of something, you know, um, might offend, but he was pushing people. And what I try to continue to carry on is like, it's like, no, speak the truth you know, in what's happening with you and this other person on there because they've got this thing going on, you've got this thing going on, and now it's up to you guys to figure out what's what's happening together. You know, what is just this actual happening that's going on between the two of you? And even when I am giving direction to my students, you know, I will say it's just like it's like I'm getting I'm picking up on this. I'm like, and I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Like sometimes I, we don't even discuss it. I'm just saying like, I'm getting some of this. I could be wrong, but give it some thought. Mm-hmm. You know, there might be something to it. Right. But it's because, yeah, like I've, I've, there may be something that I'm missing, but maybe not. Maybe I am actually picking up on something, but trying to, to instill a sense of like, Hey, like you need to understand for yourself you know, what, whether something is true or not for you, because for the, for the most part, you are the one who has to be with you. And there's not always going to be a teacher there to tell you what's going on with you. So Mm -hmm. the more aware that you can be, the more that you can intelligently direct yourself and understand where you need to go and what you need to do. But it takes a tremendous amount of, of, of presence and awareness, and it means coming up against all kinds of conditioning because, you know, we are, we're so conditioned to, to just kind of abide by a certain, um, I don't know, cultural expectations and if we're doing that, sometimes we don't, we, we miss the stuff that deserves to be challenged, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, so I'm, I'm going to hand it off to you just in, in a second. Cause I know I've been going off for a bit, <laughs> but, um, I was, I, I was telling you about this before, but one of the things about the Beatles, you know, I, I watched this great documentary called how the Beatles changed the world. And what I didn't understand about them was that like, at the time that they were kind of around, everybody was just sort of, especially in England, you know, like in the UK, everyone was was very polite. So like musicians would go on these different talk shows and they would perform or whatever and they'd go and do an interview and it was all very proper and it was all very polite and nice and, and didn't ruffle anyone's feathers. And that was just kind of the way that things 
went and everyone went on their merry way home and the Beatles came along and suddenly you've got like these four guys who are they're kind of like just like bouncing around on the couches they're making fun of each other you know they're making fun of the host they're making fun of the questions they're like coming back with like these just like almost flippant answers not out of a sense of like you know out of out of malice but just their humor was such a beautiful artful way of challenging how things were going it's just like well why does this conversation need to be this way where we're pretending to be something that we're not and you're pretending to be this like very professional person over here you know like I think that I think that a huge ingredient in being an artful challenger of authority has a lot to do with having a deep and compassionate sense of humanity, which seems almost contradictory, but your ability to have compassion for humanity gives you an an ability to understand where people are coming from and why people are doing the things that they are doing. And when you have a deep sense of that, you can confront and challenge people's dramas and people's games without it being, you know, just a, a reckless kind of anger and rage. And you can confront it in a meaningful way like with humor, you know, or by just continuing to ask questions, like continue flipping it back around on the person, forcing them to confront, you know, maybe the inconsistencies or the irrationalities of what it is that they're presenting and projecting. Preach it, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I just like, I I love it. Like all the stuff you're talking about. I mean, there's so many different paths that I I wanted to take as we were going, like just thinking about it. But everything you were saying was just so well laid out there. And there, let me just start with this one, which was, yeah, like some ways challenging someone isn't just about being right or wrong or trying to like, like feeling like you're being like, imposed upon sometimes challenging someone is getting them to think twice about what path they're about to go down and be like hold on a second you know and and they might have never thought about it because no one ever challenged them and that's part of the artist's job that's part of you know that's part of your job as a leader or creator or entrepreneur is to be able to say like hey wait a minute let's think about that again like Mm -hmm. you're saying this as though it is fact and i don't know if it is you know like and 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 it's like, it's sometimes it's just tastefully disagreeing with someone and saying like, yeah, maybe that's true. I mean, maybe there's some truth to that, but I don't know if that's the whole picture. And mm-hmm. and like, let's look more at that. And I think another thing I wanted to say was people can sometimes try to lead you down a path and you don't even have to entertain it. You have no obligation to entertain a path that you don't want to entertain. A classic one for artists is, well, you know, it's really hard to be an artist as a career. It's really hard to be an actor or a filmmaker or blah, blah, blah. blah. It's like, <laughs> like that voice. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> it's good one. I don't know if I've ever I, I, heard yeah. that one. <laughs> I just made it up right now, but it's like, um, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to talk about that. I, I get it. I get it. That's your world. I don't need that in mind. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Keep it to yourself. And that's challenging them. That's saying like, shut up about it. Not shut up. I'm not saying shut up. You're so, you're such an asshole. I'll tear down my dream. Instead of saying that, which is like a very immature way. Not, no, I don't want to talk about that. If you want to talk about that, that's fine. But not with me. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like that's a like a tactful way of saying like, great. Next question. Not into it. Not interested. Not going down that line of thought. You know, because part of being an artist is artists who succeed don't sit around thinking about how hard it is to be an artist. I can tell you that. People mm-hmm. who do don't become artists. They don't pursue their dreams. Yeah. So they don't they don't become entrepreneurs. They don't become anything. They become people that live in comfort. So if you don't like that you're doing that, stop entertaining that line of thought. And, and anytime anyone wants to bring it up, you go, no, no, I'm not talking about that with you. Yeah. I'm not even going to talk about that with anybody. So and don't we, take personal offense to it. I'm not talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Or like yeah. you're not talking about, or like, again, you can, you can flip it around and depending on the person that you're talking to, you know, it's just like, sure. Oh, it's hard to be an artist. You know, it's hard to make a learn. It's like, it's like, it's like, mm, yeah, it must be hard to, sit at a desk, you know, for eight <laughs> yeah, hours a exactly. day, you know, must be hard to like have, have, you know, be living for the weekend and have cases of the Mondays, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you flip it around and just being like, you know, because the, I think that's the beauty of humor. I mean, we were talking about John Lennon, you know, I, also before this conversation, you know, John Lennon, you know, firmly believed in, and you can see it through a lot of the way that he conducted his himself with you know the media was like he was just cracking jokes all the time you know and but I mean you know the well of thought and feeling that was in that person I mean holy shit like beyond like his entire catalog of music you know you just listen to imagine you know like everybody's heard imagine like what an extraordinary song so there's like it, it it's not an indication of not being a considerate person because he absolutely was. And that humor came from being such a considerate person, but it's just, it's such a beautiful way of changing people's perspective on something because it's like, you know, you have that person like, Oh, it must be hard to be an artist. You know, it's hard to do all that stuff and you know, whatever. And you flip it around and say like, yeah, it must be hard to be doing what you're doing. Yeah. The you flip know, around me, is a great strategy. You do it a flip. You do a yeah. The and, classic and to do it with humor is yeah. is even classic like, flip around. Yeah, <laughs> do the classic <laughs> flip around. You know what I mean? Um, that I learned. Like I got bullied in high school, and it's because I was super sensitive and I took things personally and I took them to heart when people said them to me. I took them too literally. It was too serious and too, you know. I gave people authority on that, and and I got bullied. And when at some point I learned to just turn around on people. I said like interesting that you think that (laughs) what do you mean i'd be like don't be that guy they'd be like who's that guy you know what i mean like they'd be thinking you know what i mean i just turned around on them i'd be like anything you say to me like fucking teflon it's just gonna bounce right back (laughs) off nothing is even gonna penetrate me and it just pisses people off so much when you can't be penetrated that they don't bully you because it's too hard it's like it's it's like a ironclad fucking door it's just it's not happening and so you know, there's a certain time where tactfully challenging stuff is just being Teflon and being like impenetrable. I don't care what you say. In fact, the more you say, the less weight it holds with me. And 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 what happens is people start to realize another 
uh, great um, side effect of that is when people start to realize they're losing territory with you, that they're losing a relationship with you, that they're losing your respect, they actually begin to recover. And they're like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. They'll do things like that. It's crazy. I've had people try to bully me and then literally like buy me a drink because yeah. they, they, they are so embarrassed by the fact that they tried to penetrate me that they couldn't, that they actually try to make up for it. Because I look at them and it, oh man, some of my favorite comedians do this. They look at you and they're like, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. awesome. I just like, I love that so much. When you look at someone, they say something like that's, that's an attack and you look at them like they're an idiot and they know they were dumb for saying that. That is awesome. And you don't even, you're not even upset about it. That's the beauty of it. It's just like, that was a dumb thing to say. You know what I mean? And it's like, you're not upset about it though. If you, if you are upset about it, they penetrated you. And that's the key. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. It's how you respond so much more than this is like, actually, Evan, you know what it's making me, it's making me very clear on is it's not a digital transaction, meaning that it's not a literal like the words you say there's no script for a lot of this stuff it's the way you say it it's the emotional response it's the tone these things almost matter more than the digital words you use to mm -hmm. try to communicate it so you know it's not just about having a witty comeback it's about it's sometimes it's just a look you know like really that's that's what you got you know mm -hmm. and and people like they get that you know, because we we communicate so far beyond words. Well, yeah, I mean, to take this into the artistic realm, I mean, there are great sort of uh, musicians who come along, you know, people who are masters in their instruments, like, like take someone like Yo-Yo Ma. And it's like there are other musicians who can play the same songs who can, you know, who play the same instrument, but there is a way in which he plays it that hasn't has a whole quality to it that that brings people in. So yeah, it it isn't. It's not just about it's not just about the words being used, the notes being played. You know, there is another element that's involved in it, that's very that is very 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 real you know and just on another side note i was enjoying very much in your speech how much you were talking about being penetrated and not being penetrated just thought i would <laughs> <laughs> just thought i would I, mention that dude i don't know if you're insulting me right now <laughs> <laughs> no, or I'm not, not insulting because, like, I I just loved it. I just couldn't I I couldn't help. You know, it's like most people are probably just listening uh, to this. But what a great soundbite! I loved when you were talking about penetrated, not being penetrated. No, I think take the, it the out best, of context. The best soundbite, yeah, totally. The best soundbites <laughs> were when you were talking about it. It's just like people were getting so angry because they couldn't penetrate me. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you that know, was it's, great. It's it's funny, right? Because like you and I are besties, best friends. So like when we challenge each other, it's a different dynamic. We have earned a certain relationship where we know that the intention is good. And mm -hmm. when you challenge me, I mean, you've challenged me many times in our friendship in such a good and healthy way. And it's a unique thing and I'm lucky to have it. And it's maybe better. And it's honestly called me out on a lot of bullshit because I have a lot of bullshit just like anybody. 
But um, there are some people out there and, you know, don't just trust that their intent is good because some people's intent is not good. And sometimes their agenda and their intent is very self-serving and it's about something else and they're willing to use you to get what they want. And I think part of this art is about figuring out who you're talking to. You know, there's certain people that when they challenge you, it's like, okay, I have a certain amount of data on you. I have a certain amount of information on you. And if it's very limited in, in those moments, you really want to be critically thinking, are they, are they fucking with me? Or are they, are they trying to get dirt on me? Are they, are they trying to hurt me? Are they making me better? What are they trying to do here? And what are they going for? And it, and are they trying to get something? What are they trying to get? And I think you should be asking those questions when you figure out how to challenge people, because, you know, a lot of being challenged is about an earned relationship. And even in an interview with someone, an interviewer interviewing, say, an artist, for example, if it's the first interview they've ever had, that conversation for the interviewer is about them earning enough trust for that artist to open up to them. And mm-hmm. if at any point they break that trust and you're the artist, you need to take that in and you need to decide how you're going to proceed with that conversation, knowing that information. Don't deny it. Don't pretend it didn't happen. And this goes with all relationships and everything. Trust is one of the most valuable resources in the known universe. And as you get older, you'll begin to figure this out because you'll learn what betrayal is and you'll learn stuff like this, especially if you push yourself. Trust is earned and it takes a lifetime to earn, but it takes a moment to break. And when you treat it that way, you bring better people into your life, you're better yourself and you navigate better. And I feel like such an important part of this element, the art of knowing who to trust, who not to trust, how to trust someone as much as you can. And by the way, like one last thing about trust, sometimes trust is trusting not to trust someone. That's part, like your trust doesn't get broken. If you're like clear on where you stand, you're like, it's not that I don't trust. I trust not to trust you. Nothing's wrong with my trust. I'm clear on that. You, on the other hand, not you, but said person that betrayed me or said person that tried to lead me down a dark path or a bad path, you just did something. And by the way, being able to comment on that, hey, you did this, not cool. That person has to eat it. That's important. That's the art of challenging, calling people out on that shit that they do that's not acceptable. Don't just let it ride. Don't just let that stuff go, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the um, like for me, it's like the, I think that the big thing that I'm I'm really seeing in this is that like uh, is just how much compassion has a has everything to do with this. At least for me, from from my perspective at this point in time, is that compassion is uh, and empathy is absolutely everything to do with with how how we challenge authority in an, in an artful way because it's like, 
to bring up uh, Krishnamurti again, you know, like he, he has um, a quote saying something like, it's to the effect of if you really f- understand yourself, you know, and this means like like really truly understand yourself, understand why you fear, understand your relationship to to pleasure and pain and how you conduct yourself everything that's driving who you are at the at the core of who you are you know the deepest darkest corners of who you are if you fully understand that you will understand everything you need to know about humanity Hmm. you know as being a human being and i think that this is this is part of the task i mean i think that some of the, uh, you know, best examples of people who are able to challenge authority. They were people who had a tremendous amount of self-knowledge of who they are. You know, like people, like, again, to bring up someone like like John Lennon, you know, he was a guy who who had a very who had a very troubled and tough upbringing, you know, and he became, he became a creative person out of it. You know, there was, he, he probably could have gone on a very destructive path and he didn't, you know, he, he learned a lot about who he was and because he was able to understand himself at a deep level, you know, it's, you can look at another person who, you know, is kind of trying to instigate you into, into their drama or their game. And you can go, oh yeah, I, I see what's going on. Yeah. That's like, you know, I used to play that game too, or, you know, I still play that game sometimes, but in this, in this way or whatever it is. And you can, and, and you can just see the whole thing happening. And, there's nothing to necessarily be afraid of, you know, like I, I, that's one thing I actually really want to bring in here is that this isn't about, um, having defenses, Mm -hmm. you know, because defenses are, um, it sounds like a really great thing. You know, it's like, okay, you know, you got to have your defenses if they come, you know, there's all these people who are strategizing, you know, you look right now, there's like uh, the U.S. election going on, you know, and there's teams of people strategizing for like these debates and, and, you know, different um, interviews and whatever. They ask you about this, you say this, you know, it's like having a very kind of intellectual uh, approach to how you do this and it has a lot of issues as opposed to someone who is actually just very present and can listen to the questions, can hear the intentions behind the questions and can confront the truth of, of the moment, can confront the truth of the question, can, and just can ha- has the ability and, and, and the trust in themselves to, to respond to it or to say that they don't know or to say that they were wrong about something, but the ability, you know, and this is actually like a very kind of, um, this is a, a a very like Zen thing, like in the, in the tradition of Zen is kind of learning to 
bypass this aspect of ourselves that needs to think about everything all the time. And, and I mean, and it's the same thing what, with what I teach people in Meisner. One of the first things I tell them is that, like, you think you need to think about it, but you don't. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like you actually, you know exactly how you feel and think about something pretty much the moment that it happens. And now you just need to be the expression of it to just like let it be, let it, let it come forth. Right. But we, um, you know, we, we can confuse ourselves to a great degree by trying to have defenses and, and plans for everything that could possibly come up because the thing is you can't have a plan for everything that could possibly come up because like we said earlier you only bring in less than you bring in less than than jesus <laughs> i can say this quote i've said it enough times <laughs> already but it's like yeah you leave out more than you bring in yeah you know and even if you have a team you know it's a little bit better you know, you have a few more minds on it, but there's still unexpected things that are going to come up because especially when you look at something as sort of volatile as a U.S. election, <laughs> you know, because like as much as you've got people strategizing how you're going to respond to certain questions if they come up, there's a whole other team of people that's trying to come up with questions that you haven't thought that you and your team haven't thought of answering. Right. Like, so it's. It, it's kind of a crazy kind of game as a, and it prevents it prevents us as human beings from being able to just sit across from one another and have a conversation because we're in a game of 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 who's right and who's wrong who's going to look like the the idiot and who's going to come out looking like the hero you know just this 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 polarized uh, way and isolating way of, of existing and being and in many ways challenging authority is is realizing that you're not necessarily apart from it you know like you it, it's realizing you are a part of it yeah you're and an how are something. you yeah and how are you going to be a part of that thing yeah yeah I don't know if that's that's completely unrelated that might be a bit of a rabbit hole but I don't know I opened up some stuff, my man. I, I would say that, you know, part of the whole conversation is the art of of challenging authority is recognizing that you're an authority over something. You know, I've shared the stories of my dad on this podcast multiple times. And my dad was very authoritarian with me. But I don't know what it was about me, if it's my spirit or if it's just a decision I made at some point in my life. But I decided that like, if you don't live your life, if you don't go for it, if you don't try, it's not worth it. And it's a waste. And so no matter what he said about being safe or being responsible or, you know, or the odds or whatever, to me, it was always like, yeah, all, all that's fine and dandy. Like, I get it. <laughs> but to me, I got this one life as far as I know. And I'm not going to play it safe knowing that because that's crazy. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And I'm an authority on that because I just do not buy that line of thinking that somehow me just 
not pursuing my dreams and just doing all the responsible things is a viable option to just do that and accept that as acceptable. And that's just me. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm just saying, look, that's me. And I'm an authority over that in my life. And it caused me to make fucking incredible decisions in my life that honestly, most of my peers respect me for today and, and admire me for. And it's part of the reason why I am a coach and I run a business, you know, like, because people want to know like how to inspire that in themselves. Cause obviously that resonates with people. And like, I look at it and I go, look, I, I don't know. And I feel like for me, a lot of the stuff that I went after was a long shot for me personally. And I don't feel like I was set up for success in a lot of areas that I went for. And I feel like a lot of people had a lot of advantages over me in a lot of those areas. My opinions could be wrong. I don't know. But here's the thing. As far as we know, we got one life. And you're going to get to choose however you want to live it. And I'm not saying it's better, but I think that if you have a calling inside of you, you're the authority on that. And I don't think you should let anyone ever talk you out of it. I just think that you need to step up and be like, this is like, whatever, my, my little heart is calling me to do this. And, and don't let someone like act like they know what's better for your life. If inside of you, you have something telling you like, you need to pursue this. You need to go down this path. And that's like so much of what these conversations are about, the way of the artist, right? It's like your way, you are the authority on that. And if someone challenges the way that you know in your heart that you want to go, you need to stand up against that. You need to fight for that. That's your territory. And sometimes people are doing it because they're just scared for you. Sometimes they're doing it and they're really genuinely trying to help you out. Sometimes they're doing it because they're malicious and they're jealous and they're envious. And I think it's great to be able to decipher between those people. But at the end of the day, you're still the authority over whatever path it is that you feel you need to walk. And yeah. I feel like that's the message here, really. Yeah. No the matter art of what, challenging authority is, yeah. Yeah. No matter what games, you know, someone else is playing, you know, like you are playing yours you know, as honestly right. and sincerely as, as you can play it. Yes. And, and, so, and I think that's the, th that's the call to action is like, play that sincerely, play that full out. And, and like, if that's the, 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 the most center point of it all, just don't ever let anyone take you off that point. Cause like you can, you can expand your territory. Like if all you know is like, for example, Evan, I know this to be true about you. At some point in your life, you're like, I want to be an actor. I want to act. I want to do this shit. And like, you have this kind of seedling of an idea of a path of a direction. And it led you down so many interesting paths. And I've watched you go, you know, but like that seedling helped keep you centered through a lot of things. And I think you can take that little seedling and you can expand your territory. And it becomes about, well, it's not just acting. It's also this and it's that. And it's, and I want to be this way. And I want to have a wife like this. And I want to have a family like that. And I want to live in this place in the world. And, you know, that's all territory that you're claiming because you're not letting doing the right thing or people's opinions affect the way that you're going to live your life. And, and I feel like that's so much what this is about. It's the art of challenging 
the norm, you know, not just the authority, but like the norm, the expected, the safety, mm-hmm. the comforts, the, the whatever's that we're supposed to do, we should do. And it's going like, maybe we shouldn't. But only you're going to know what that is. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 um, thank you for all of those high praises, Brandon. I'll, I mean I'll take them all the time. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's interesting because like, you know, as much as possible, I try to live as, as true to what I know of myself will allow to a certain degree, but there's also a certain degree to which what I know of myself says like, oh, but I, I am still very heavily influenced by certain things, you know, like I, there are certain ways in which I, I worry about what people think about me, you know, more than I care, more than I care for, you know, (laughs) like it's, there are certain, you know, we all have our things. And I mean, we had even talked about like, maybe this conversation was about, um, not caring about what other people think. You know, that's an aspect of this conversation we haven't even really talked about because that in a way, like that whole thing of what other people think, you know, if you want to just box that package together, that's an authority. Yeah. You know, that's like a, a we could kind of call that some kind of like a social cultural authority that we've built up in our minds. You know, it's like, well, what will people think if I say this or if I speak about this or if I share my opinion on this or if I pursue, you know, this thing, you know, what will people think of me? You know, like that's, um, you know, that's a huge authority that we absolutely have to challenge, you know, mm-hmm. that that the artist is is always kind of looking to challenge because there's growth there. You know, there can be pain there, but there can be growth there. There's Absolutely. Um, there's a saying, so like I study a lot of psychology. I still do. And, you know, I, I love it, but there's this, there's this kind of term that's thrown around a little bit in the psych, psychology world and not just psychology, but personal development and whatever people adopt it. Cause like, Oh, I like that. But it's, um, you know, post-traumatic stress, right? The PTSD. Oh, yeah. There's another one. It's called post-traumatic growth, meaning that you have trauma, but then you grow from it and um, you you actually become better because of your trauma and you champion it. And, um, you know, I think this is like, like the actual PTSD is a, um, it's, it's, it's um, as far as like the, the neurological, part of it goes and the part of the physiological part of it goes, your body goes in a fight or flight into situations that reignite that trauma. And that's, it's a disorder because you're like out of control and it's affecting your life in a negative way. Post-traumatic growth is more, it's, it's more like it's two parts. One part is it's not, you're not conscious of it. You didn't try to do it. You just became better because you, you went through a hard thing and you didn't let that defeat you. And you decided, Hey, like, I, I'm not going to let this thing define me. And, and you really tried to champion, you did your way, but like, you didn't, you didn't necessarily try to get better. You just became better because you had the experience and then you figured out a way to adapt and 
and work with life in spite of it. And then there's other part of post-traumatic growth, which is this conscious part of it, which is like, I went through this shitty thing and it nearly fucked up my life, but I am going to learn. I'm going to look at that for lessons. I'm going to look at that for growth. The actual PTSD part of it is not as um, like, if you have post-traumatic stress, it's not actually something that you can just say, like, turn it off. It, your, your body might hit fight or flight. You might go through anxieties, you might go through things. And, and <clears throat> the post-traumatic growth part of that would be like, I acknowledge that I have a PTSD that I'm dealing with. Uh, I have stressors that ignite me and get me, you know, into the state and you don't fight it. You accept that, that your body does this, that certain things will do that to you. And what happens is because you accept it, you end up growing. Now, how does this relate? It's like these, the way that you've responded in the past does not have to define how you respond in the future, but you don't necessarily get to just flip a switch and say like, I'm going to do this now. So for me to give a personal relation of this, it's like, I'm a huge accommodator. Don't rock the boat, keep the peace, just keep everyone happy. And I really, really badly want to be liked and accepted was a, it's a, you know, and to feel good enough was, it was a lot of pressure that I put on myself and felt for a long time. So I have a tendency to want to accommodate. I have a tendency to want to not rock the boat, to keep the peace, to keep everyone happy. And it's almost like a PTSD. It's a disorder. It's actually, it's good in certain ways, but not good in others. And so I literally have to go, okay, I do that. Now, I know I have a tendency to just want to keep everyone happy. Can I sit in not having everyone happy? Can I be with okay with someone? And it's hard for me, man. Like it, I'm way better at it now, but it's so yeah, it's hard, hard for a lot of people. I don't want to be disliked and I don't want to upset people, but there's a lot of times where I found that I needed to upset people and I needed to be disliked because there was a higher value. And what I'm suggesting is that part of the art of challenging authority is recognizing that sometimes you have physiological authorities over you and it's about you accepting sometimes that you're not in control of them and being like, that's okay. And I accept that, but I'm not necessarily just going to like, let that be the way I am forever. I'm going to try to challenge it the best I can. So it's just like, um, someone says something that's not okay. And, and I don't say anything because that's not who I was. But now I say something, I go, I'm just going to say something. I know it's going to be uncomfortable. I know they're probably going to whatever, but I'm just going to say something. And that has given me more and more strength to be able to say something when someone says something inappropriate. And it, it, it it's amazing. Like you just start challenging that authority that this accommodating authority that's been over me, I've been challenging it and it goes away. And I become an authority over my like almost inability to not accommodate people. You know what I mean? So I feel like part of the art of this is we slowly work at ourselves. We work our way out of this shit, you know, the, the way that we've been. And you don't, just because you've been that way doesn't mean you always have to be that way. But it doesn't mean you get to just flip a switch and decide to be different. You have to work at some of this stuff and, and, get, and be kind to yourself and have compassion that like, at least you're trying, you know? She says a lot more than someone who says, well, fuck it, I'm, I'm broken. 
So I'll just be broken. I mean, you could, but I think the art of this is going like, yeah, I, I do feel broken, but I'm going to be a little less broke every day, a little less broken. And I'm going to put myself a little bit more together every day. And then one day, maybe I'll be put together. And what would that be like? You know? Mm. Hmm. Let's take a moment to, uh, (laughs) let's take a moment to talk about some suds. Yeah. If people still call beer suds, I have no idea. I I still do, apparently. (laughs) Um, I think that we may have had this one before, or maybe you've had this one before. I can't remember, but it's been good. I, uh, they don't often call to me, but today I was just like, ooh, yeah, I'm drinking... Java the Hut, mm. uh, a coffee milk stout from Fernie Brewing Company, smooth, dark, and creamy. <laughs> it's great, man. I, you know, I for some reason I always think like I don't like stouts, but and and porters and whatever, but I do. I like them. They're good, especially like in the like now that we're heading into like the colder months. You know, it's um, it's nice. It's nice. They're good to sip on. Got lots of flavor. It's a winner. <laughs> I can relate. I find that they're not my always my go-to, but yeah, it's always it's always more in the winter, and then I have them, and I'm like, oh, this is nice. But yeah, it's it's funny because I mean, they're uh, yeah, they're kind of beer that I don't know. Maybe they're occasional, and that's kind of what gives them their their lovely quality. I I got this beer because I thought it was hilarious. It's uh foamers folly brewing and it's just called dad beer (laughs) (laughs) it's a west coast pilsner um yeah foamers folly um it's called dad beer (laughs) i thought that was hilarious it's great um it's it's good you know it's it's tasty i mean i find those types of beers just they're easy to drink and like if you don't totally like do it wrong they're generally pretty good you know and this one's um I don't even know, like, I, I wouldn't even dare to compare because, like, I don't think there's a point in the first place. But what I like about it is it's a nice light beer, but it has a kind of quality of flavor to it, which kind of gives it something distinct, which I kind of appreciate because I find sometimes with um, certain, like, Pilsners and Lagers and things like that, they're all kind of a little bit, like, eh, it's, you know, a little different, it's whatever. But this one has kind of a quality to it, which is kind of cool. So there you go. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's let's call this one a day. Let's do um, it. So let's. Uh, I'll I'll just I'll just jump right in with my uh, with my last thoughts. I'm just gonna go back to something I've already said a few times already because for me this was sort of my for me my discovery in this conversation, which is that element of compassion. You know, like. I can't tell you what tactics you can take, what sort of, you know, plans you can make to, to artfully, you know, to artfully challenge authority. You know, the art, art comes from something deeper. You know, like if I, if there's anything I understand of artistry is, is you reach the level of artistry or something that you might call art when 
in many ways you who you are as you know the self kind of disappears you know when you kind of disappear into something and then there's just this happening there is just this thing that is coming through you coming out of you that's just that happening almost of of itself you know that's just it's that is vital and a commitment to just expressing it honestly as honestly as you as you can possibly make it and then what comes out of it is something that we might call art you know and challenging authority is no different you know there is a quality like you were saying before there's a quality to what you're saying how you're saying it and you can't fake that you can't fake that thing and to me that thing is man that's that's really getting to know yourself that's really getting to know all the things about you all the things that that truly make you joyful the things that you are truly embarrassed and ashamed about even you know like all the all the 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 range of of who you are as a human being the range of your humanity as you begin to understand how far that goes within yourself and your ability to look at that with compassion to look at that stuff within yourself with compassion then you're going to be able to confront it in others with compassion and then in some ways you have no choice but to address it with wit and with humor and with intelligence extraordinary intelligence in a way that is actually meaningful so yeah that's it that's all that's what i got nice this conversation has been wonderful and i was super excited about it and i i'm really happy that we've had it i mean it's uh talking this stuff out i feel like it's just given me more clarity and more um more focus and just more that ability to walk my path and and really like hold that territory you know and 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 find that territory that i'm looking for as i walk it and uh, this this concept of um you know being centered and being clear and i think that i mean the thing that i would want to share and just kind of remind people to take away is that you're the authority over your life and your spirit you know whatever like whatever's animating you this this thing inside of you like nobody gets to tell you what that is nobody gets to tell you how to do that nobody gets to tell you like what's the right way for you to express that and sometimes that spirit is going to want to go places that other people are scared to go other people are uncomfortable with other people don't want to go and sometimes it's unwilling to accept going to places that other people by default or by comfort go to and i think it's your responsibility to really like let that thing inside of you let that guide you to some degree and, and and have a sense of it and start to find a sense of it and you know understand that 
you might not be able to know yourself entirely ever in your life. And that's not something that really any of us, I don't think can do, but you can know what's animating you. You can, you can be clear on that and you don't have to accept anything if it doesn't resonate with that and it doesn't make sense. And I think when you take criticism, you know, really, first of all, consider the source that's giving you criticism. And if you trust the source and you think the source is well intent, intended, I would, I would hope that you would look at it and go like, okay, I see that you're trying to make me better and you're trying to help me. So let's try and look at this feedback and this criticism as a way to make me better. And if someone's ill intent, be aware of that and really consider like if that information that they're giving you is actually valid and something you want to take with you. Um, for example, when I was like 17, 18 years old, my dad wrote me this letter and he tried to talk me out of acting. He wrote this letter. He said, you're not, I don't know why you want to be an actor. You're not even that good looking. You're not good looking enough. And it's like a fucking mean thing to say. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it didn't really hurt me so much at the moment because it, I, I just decided not to care about it. But a few years later, I was like, oh, maybe he's right. And I, I started to like really kind of like carry that with me. First of all, you don't have to be Brad Pitt to be an actor. You don't have to be the best looking person in the world. If you have something that you can express, that you can say, um, you know, and, 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 and you're willing to embody a character and tell a story, I mean, fucking the sky's the limit. And we can see this with countless cases. Yes, on the majority, the film industry looks for attractive people, but that's the thing. If you let that be the authority, then you don't get to play a part in it. And, and we have to, we have to like really, really try to care for what matters and what we want to take in our world and, and, and totally reject and be able to push out these things that don't matter. Now, I know I'm going off here, but I want to say this thing. That comment my dad said to me didn't just affect me with my acting career. It affected me in my life because it made me not feel good enough. And it made me feel like maybe I don't add up. And I carried it into so many ways. And it was one of those cutting remarks for me that just stuck in me like this dagger that just wouldn't leave. And it's painful to pull it out, you know? And I, and I think I pull it out and I find it in there again. And when I think when that happens, when you have a dagger in you that someone said something to you or something happened in your life that you just can't get out of you, just accept that you got the dagger in you and be like, that's fine. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm good looking enough. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm good enough, you know? And I'm working with that, but I'm, but I'm not going to let that define me. You know what I mean? Sometimes people do penetrate us. Sometimes they hurt us deeply. And we got to carry that hurt. And sometimes that hurt takes years, a lifetime to mend. So my final comment on all this is, that is not the authority of your life. You are. And although that might be affecting you, you still have power over it. And you are still the one at the wheel.
Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.